Our scripture reading is taken from John's gospel account, John chapter 21, uh, beginning with verse 15. When Jesus and his disciples had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and, and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Thus far our reading of the word of God. God's grace and his peace be with us today as we look again at the love of our God and specifically the, the, the love of our God who restores us, who forgives us. Well, I dropped the ball. I still remember as if it were yesterday when it was over 47 years ago when I was playing football and at a small college in Wisconsin, uh, the coach called a special play just for me. And I was a wide receiver and I went to the middle of the field and I flagged out into the end zone to the corner and the quarterback threw it over the, uh, over the head of the defender, over my head, right into my arms and I dropped the ball. I messed up. When I came off the field, I couldn't even look the coach in the, in the eye. I couldn't even talk to my teammates. I was so upset. And, you know, I made some decent plays playing football, but which one do you think I remember? Yeah, it was the one when I dropped the ball. Well, today we're talking about God again, about who he is and his love. And our story comes from the life of Peter at a time when he literally dropped the ball. He made the biggest mess of his life. Well, and yet Jesus is there to restore him. Some background. You know, Peter was a fisherman and 
He met Jesus, he and his brother Andrew, when they were casting their nets into the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus came to them and said, come and follow me and I'm going to send you out to fish for people. Matthew tells us that at once they dropped their nets and they followed Jesus. At that time, Peter began a journey that would change his life. In fact, Jesus invited Peter to be one of his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. Peter was special to Jesus and their relationship. It was Peter who saw Jesus transfigured on the mountain. It was Peter who spoke on behalf of the other disciples when Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that's when Jesus turned to Peter and says, you're no longer Simon, you've got a new name. You are Petros, you are Peter the rock. Well, during the last supper before Jesus was crucified, Jesus told his disciples, he says, this very night you will all fall away from me on account of me. Peter pipes up and he says, even if everyone else falls away from you, I will never desert you. Peter then is told by Jesus, he says, you know, I tell you the truth, this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me, you will disown me three times. Peter says, even if I have to die with you, that'll never happen. I will never disown you. Well, we know what happens in the courtyard during our Lord's trial. He swears not once, not twice, but three times that he doesn't even know Jesus. Well, our text today is a fast forward after the crucifixion, after the resurrection. And we find the disciples up at their home area, back up at the lake at the Sea of Galilee. And uh, they've gone back to what they only know to do, and that's fish. Peter says, I'm going out to fish. And the other says, we're going with you. But they struck out. Nothing. Nix, nada. But there's someone on the shore who sees what's going on. And he says, why don't you try throwing your nets on the other side of the boat? Oh, they don't know who this guy is, but oh, what else do they have to lose? So they put their nets on the other side. And sure enough, John tells us that they made a haul of fish so, so big that the net couldn't even hold them all. Well, Peter stares over there and recognizes that it's Jesus who's over there. He's the man who told them to fish on the other side. And so he dives into the water and he gets to Jesus and he must have been tentative because, well, he had really let Jesus down. But Jesus has his arms open and says, come on, you guys, let's have some breakfast on the beach. Bring some of that fish over here. Let's barbecue it. Well, I can only imagine that there were some tense moments during that breakfast meeting because all of them, and especially Peter, knew that they had let Jesus down in his time of greatest need. Maybe that's when Jesus turns to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? And he asks that question not once, not twice, but three times. He says, do you love me, Peter? Now, why three times? Well, we know that Peter denied Jesus three times. But didn't Jesus know that Peter loved him? After the third time, we are told that Peter was hurt. He was grieved because he was asked three times. The Greek word that is used for how Peter felt is lupeo, which means to be greatly distressed. Sometimes it's translated to be exceedingly sorrowful. His heart was heavy. And why was Peter upset? Well, 
goes back to those three times that he disowned Jesus. Three times he had denounced his friendship, even cursing and swearing that he didn't know him. And this was right after he had boldly and pridefully stuck out of his chest and said, I will never desert you. But he did. Luke tells us that Peter felt so bad that he went out and he wept bitterly. Peter must have been haunted by the fact that he had done the worst thing imaginable. How could he even bear to look into the face now of the resurrected Son of God? Where he had once been a comfortable, self-assured and chosen apostle, here he's with Jesus as one who messed up, who dropped the ball. It's important that we examine the dialogue between Peter and Jesus because there's added meaning to our English words. Jesus asked Peter three times again, do you love me? Last week, Pastor Scott talked about some of the different meanings of love. The first two times Jesus asked the Greek question to Peter, do you love me? He uses the word agape. And that's a love that is perfect and pure, as Pastor said last week, complete, selfless. It's always active. Agape is always looking out for the interests of others before the interests of yourself. Well, agape is what Jesus asks of Peter, do you love me? But then when Peter answers back, he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He couldn't find himself to use that word agape. Instead, he uses the Greek word phileo. This is the affection that one has for a friend. It means that you have a fondness for a person, but it's not as deep, it's not as selfless as agape love. Well, the third time Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Jesus changes the word for love. Instead of using agape, he comes down to Peter's level and he says, do you phileo me? Do you love me? And Peter answers, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love, that I phileo you. We are told, though, that Peter was grieved when Jesus asked him this third time. Why was he grieved? Maybe he was grieved because Jesus had to change the word for love. Why would he was upset? On top of asking him three times, Jesus now has to lower his standards in asking him if he loves him. Before the crucifixion, of course, Peter would have answered, I love you, I agape you. But his actions now showed how miserable he had failed in agape love to his Lord and Savior. He even denied his phileo love with the Lord. Peter had truly messed up. He really dropped the ball, didn't he? And so he's admitting and grieving his mistakes, his sin. And yet here's the miracle of this story. What does Jesus do? Jesus comes down to his level. He lowers himself to where Peter is. And he uses, he says, Peter, do do you love me? He uses the same word, the word, the friendship word for love. We might call this action of Jesus grace coming down to his level. But then isn't that what Jesus was sent to do? In our epistle for today, we are told that that God lowered himself. He took on human form. He humbled himself in Philippians 2 verse 8 and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's what Jesus does. He comes down to our level. That's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for you and me. 
He lowers himself to where we are. And he doesn't say, first clean up your act and I'll accept you, then I'll care for you. No, scripture says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still messed up, while we've dropped the ball so many times, Jesus Christ loves us and he proved it by his death on the cross and his resurrection. Yeah, Peter was grieved by his denial of the Lord, but Jesus didn't rub it in his face. He didn't pronounce judgment. Rather, what does he do? He, he forgives him. He restores him. In his mercy, Jesus shuts the door on his past. You know, when we were growing up in a family of nine, the outside door of our house was constantly being opened and closed. And as you might expect, a lot of the times the door was left open. And the one phrase that you would hear, I bet, almost every day of the year was this, shut the door! In winter, it was cold air you'd be letting in. In summer, it was the warm air. In fall, it would be those pesky flies. Just shut the door! Well, Jesus was shutting the door on Peter's past. Yes, Peter, you blew it. But I forgive you. I love you. Just shut the door. The Apostle Paul had a similar thought back when he was writing to the Philippians. He says, the one thing I do, he says, I'm forgetting what lies behind. I strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal. But for many people, shutting the door, forgetting what lies behind is so difficult. Maybe there's something in your past that haunts you, something that you either did or that you didn't do that keeps coming back up in your memory, just like that football play. The same Lord Jesus who showed Peter grace also cares about you and forgives you. And by his grace, he has shut the door on your past as far as the east is from the west, so far have, has, have you been forgiven? Your sins have been removed. Well, for Peter, this is not where the story ends. For Jesus not only shuts the door on Peter's past by forgiving him, but now he dramatically opens another door for Peter's future. He restores Peter from his past, but then he forgives him for a glorious future. Peter must have wondered, now where do I stand? Am I still important to Jesus? Am I still one of his, one of his chief um, witnesses? Well, Jesus shows him amazing kindness. Each time Jesus presses Peter to confess his love to him, he assures him of his forgiveness by giving him something to do. How can Peter respond to the grace-filled love of Jesus? Jesus says, Feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. You see, as a result of being forgiven, Jesus gives Peter a mission to tend to people, to care for people, to meet the needs of people. Jesus Christ gave his life for you. He forgives you. That's what the good shepherd does. What now? If Jesus were to ask you, do you love me? How would you respond? Would you respond along with Peter? Lord, you know that I love you. There are many who claim to love Jesus. People today say, well, I, I, I'll just, I'll love him in my own way. 
Yet Jesus calls us to love him in his way. He calls us to get down to the level of others who are in need, to feed his sheep, to tend to his sheep. I have to tell you, it's not easy to care for people who have been wounded by sin. Honestly, when we had a dog, I found it a lot easier to feed the dog. (laughs) I love dogs, but it's easier sometimes than taking care of people. Or it's easier to simply pray for the needs of others. It's easier to spell out a a few nice religious sounding words like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll pray for you. That sounds great. It's interesting here that Jesus does not ask Peter to love the sheep. He, he, He wants his love, Peter's love for the Lord. Instead, he asked Peter not to love them, but to take care of them, to tend to them, to feed them. Those are action words, more than a slogan or a desire or a mission statement. Sometimes people are just unlovable. You parents know that there are days when you're really having a hard time with that strong-willed child of yours. And yet you still feed them, you still take care of them. It all goes back to us for, as believers in Christ that if we love Jesus as we love him, it spills over then, as he says here, with the mission that he's given to us, tending to the needs of others. And when you know how much you've been forgiven, when you know how you've been restored, even when you've messed up, even when you dropped the ball, and how God has cared for you, in his son Jesus Christ, then you will want to follow him and trust him and you will then want to spend your life caring for others too. This interaction between Peter and Jesus is a scene to savor in today's gospel. It reminds me so much that when I make a mess of things, when I've dropped the ball, my football rolled away there. When I've sinned, I don't like to be reminded of it. But like Peter, maybe we need to be reminded of that. Because as we are reminded, then we are pointed to God's grace. We're pointed to the cross, where we know that by the the death and resurrection of our Savior, that we are restored back to life. Do you love me? Asked Jesus. Are you afraid to say yes because of something that you've done or you didn't do in your past where you failed? Look to Jesus and know how you are restored by his shed blood on the cross and his resurrection. And through faith in the Holy Spirit that he gives you today, you can say along with Peter, Lord, you know that I love you. And so may he empower us to get beyond ourselves then as his forgiven and restored people to care and to tend for his sheep. Amen.